Joe went to the seminary first, and so I think I might be one of few older brothers who can truly say that uh, his younger brother is his hero. You're listening to Echoes from the Bell Tower, stories of wit and wisdom from Benedictine monks who live, work, and pray in southern Indiana. We're your host, Brother Colby. And I'm Brother Joel. At the end of 2018, we released two episodes of monks having conversations with their families. If you haven't had a chance to listen to them, there will be links to them in the blog post for this episode. Today's episode will be similar to those two episodes, but it will feature two brother seminarians talking with their family. Patrick and Joe Friend studied for the priesthood at St. Minard for the Diocese of Little Rock. Patrick graduated in 2018, and Joe graduated this year. Our audio is from two separate interviews. The first interview is from a conversation in the fall of 2016, after Joe had graduated from Holy Trinity Seminary in Texas and began studying at St. Minard. Pat had already been studying at St. Minard since 2012. The second interview is a conversation Joe and Pat had with their father and sister, Jerry and Catherine, on Patrick's graduation day in 2018. We did use a couple different microphones and recorded in two different locations for these interviews, so you might notice a slight difference in audio quality between speakers. Let's start with some introductions. I'm Jerry Friend. I'm the father of Patrick, Joe, and Catherine. I'm Catherine Friend. I'm the sister of Pat and Joe in the middle. (laughs) I'm uh, Joe Friend, and I am the baby. I'm Patrick Friend. Um, I am the oldest, uh, the oldest son, and the big brother to Joe and Kat. Both brothers felt called to the priesthood at a young age, but they took different paths to get there. Their uncle, Monsignor Scott Friend, is a priest and the vocation director for the Diocese of Little Rock. As the Friend brothers grew up, their uncle served as an example of what it meant to be a priest. Here's Patrick and then Joe. He uh, has just really embraced the love of Christ, and you can just feel that in, in, in every single person he meets. And so we saw this man just so alive and on fire and, and happy living out his vocation. And so the priesthood was always an option for us, you know. I, I've always thought I wanted to be a priest. I, I don't really remember the exact first time I thought it, but I remember being in my bed as a little boy, and our parents always tell us to say our prayers at night. Uh, but I remember as a little kid, I used to cry in my bed, and I would tell the Lord that I was going to serve Him, and that made me cry for some reason. And um, I, I still do that sometimes. That's still my prayer. As Joe got older, he became busy with sports and friends and school, but the call to priesthood was always in the back of his mind. Through all the baseball games and football games and and you know parties that I went to, I always knew that at the end of the day, I was going to serve God. And uh, it took my mom's witness and her suffering and death uh, for me to, to really re-embrace my relationship with God. Pat, Joe, and Kat's mother and Jerry's wife, Betty, was diagnosed with renal cell carcinoma in 2011 and passed away in March 2013. She had this supernatural quality about her that, that just knew us so well. I think it's a testament to how close she was with the Lord. But when she got sick... Uh, I knew even more she was a superhero, and that's how much she relied on Christ. Um, when, whenever the doctor would come in and, and tell her the diagnosis, 
Every test it was worse. This test now it's now it's in your uh, lungs. lungs. This test now it's in your brain. Now it's in your mediastinum affecting your heart. You right. Know? And just every time it got new news, new news, bad news, bad news. I remember one time the scariest news is when the doctor came in and said you have two months to live. <laughs> and all of us, all of us broke down. We couldn't handle it. And my mom looked steadfast into the man's eyes and said, "I'm okay because my Lord holds me." And, um, I mean, when Jesus said that, it was, uh, I mean, it was so powerful because she said it with such confidence and uh, grace uh, that it was, uh, I witnessed something uh, supernatural, something divine. While their mom was sick, Patrick, Joe, and Catherine were growing up and beginning to make life decisions. Patrick had finished his undergrad degree at Westminster College and was teaching high school chemistry and English. Joe was a senior in high school, and Catherine was studying art at Benedictine College in Kansas. Joe decided to enter college seminary right out of high school. I remember when it came time uh, to finally make the decision on where I was going, Mom just kind of looked at me, and it was just kind of this really calm look, and and she looked down at this piece of paper that I was going to have to write on my, you know, so they could announce where I was going at my graduation. And it was just a really calm look, and I nodded at her, and then she wrote down seminary. And it, it was kind of cool, just uncommunicated by words, but she, she knew you know, what I, I wanted to do. So it was a really special experience when I told her. Yeah. Jerry is a dentist, and about the time Joe said yes to seminary, Pat was studying for the dental admissions test. Pat came to his dad one evening and said he wasn't sure he wanted to be a dentist that he would only be doing it for the money and to take care of his family. My dad, at every pivotal stage of my life, would always be like, are you sure you're not supposed to be a priest? You know, that God, you know, you look at your gifts, Pat. God might be calling you to be a priest. This might be where you're happy. When he was a little boy, when he was probably four years old, I remember sitting at Mass at Christ the King. It was during the consecration. I remember the exact chair I was sitting on. And he was, well, I was kneeling down, and he was, you know, being goofy. He was a three- or four-year-old. And I remember at one point I said, Lord, please give me the courage to protect my children's souls. And it was just a silent prayer. Anyway, so when we stopped in the hallway, I remember just like God can make time stop. He did, and he said, okay, big boy, here's your chance. (laughs) And I said, well, Patrick, all I know is ever since you've been a little boy, I felt like you had the heart of a priest. And that's all I said. Joe saying yes to seminary influenced Patrick to go to the chapel 15 minutes early every morning at Catholic High where he was teaching. I said, God, I feel like you're calling me to be a priest. I don't want to do it. But I feel like you're so. This is what I'm gonna do, buddy. I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes before school starts, and you're. I'm going to ask you to help me to desire your will, because I don't want to ask for your will, because I don't want it. So first, you're gonna have to help me desire. And God, God being God, He did it. I can't. I mean, it's like one day I sat down in the chapel. And I remember sitting there, and it was this profound realization that I would never, I would never that that happiness thing. I would never be fully happy, fully alive fully, you know, engaged and able to use all this love I feel like I have in my heart, all this energy that I have, this passion that I have, the only thing that can find rest for that is the priesthood. 
Pat talked with his uncle, Monsignor Scott Friend, who is the vocation director for the Diocese of Little Rock, and finally said yes to seminary. He called his mom and dad and told them to stay up so he could tell them his news. So we were, I was driving home, and I, I got there. My dad was laying in his bed with the CPAP machine on, and my mom was sitting, you know, she was sick at that point. Um, she was sitting in her little massage chair. Anyways, I said, well, guys, I'm going to go to the seminary. And my dad, he, you know, the CPAP just blows air into your face. And so he, he was just making this horrible noise, but he kept laughing. He was like, I knew it. I always knew it. I always knew you were going to be a priest. And my mom, she was sitting there, you know, crying, but, you know, joyfully. She goes, what did I deserve to have two priests? Like this. And so they were very, they were very supportive. Yeah. Very happy. Patrick moved into his room at St. Minard in the fall of 2012. As time went on, it was obvious to Pat and Joe and to those around them that they were exactly where God wanted them to be. I think that um, Pat came home the Christmas after his first year in the seminary. And in a lot of ways, the seminary gave us Patrick Holy back to us after he went to college and came back. It's like he was always Pat. Um, but he just seemed so fulfilled and had this like childlike joy that I feel like part of him had lost going to the college and he came back home on Christmas and it was so evident that he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And it was really exciting to see and be a part of. Um, I, I, I think, um, after we, what we had to go through with, um, their mom, my wife, and our death and sickness. Um, as a dad, I knew right after they went in, and I could see just in six months at Christmas, I was like, they are in the right place. I mean, God is feeding them and taking care of them. My daughter was at a very good Catholic college, and I felt the same about her. So in some ways, it was a relief that you know, they are doing what God wants them to do. And and we all know, I mean, some of us don't learn it until we get older, but if we're doing God's will, if what His will is for our life, then everything else is really pretty simple. We make it complicated. So um, it was good medicine, good spiritual medicine for our family The friends are a tight-knit family. They grew closer during their mom's battle with cancer and continue to tighten the family bonds as the three siblings grow in their relationships with God. Um, Not very many people can call their brothers with most theological or philosophical questions they have, and they have the answers that they know someone right down the hall that does, and that's been a huge blessing in my life because in your 20s, you're really challenged by people that you're around and kind of what the world is feeding you that's important and what's going to make you happy and to have them and have that support has been so huge and I feel so blessed that for the rest of my life my family's going to have that and my future children are going to have that um I mean just blessing on blessing with because of their yes I'm grateful to them for that over the years Jerry has received a wide range of reactions to both of his sons studying to be priest He has heard comments like, do you realize you're not going to have very many grandchildren? Or, 
that your name's not going to be carried on? But Jerry believes if his children are following the will of God, everything will be taken care of. As a parent, he says his most important job is to get his kids to heaven. And it's not about going on a pilgrimage or folding your hands the right way. It's about doing the little things. It's about going to Mass every Sunday, whether it's half of them are in stinky diapers or whatever, just get there. And if you're a little late, don't worry about it, just go. And it's about saying prayers with them every night. doesn't have to be a hundred Hail Marys, just a simple prayer before they go to bed at night and praying for them. And I, I wouldn't say I was a very holy man. I mean, I'm, I can hold up a confession line with the best of them, and I am kind of a sophomore and, and love telling jokes and things. So it's not so much what I've done. God has blessed me with three beautiful children, and it's my responsibility to make sure that the gift he gave me I take care of. So. He's done a dang good job. I will say to that, too. Um, people do always ask about her upbringing once they hear that Pat and Joe are seminarians and know that I'm super involved in the church. And they're like, you must have grown up in a crazy Catholic household. Like, was it super intense all of the time? And it wasn't. Um, I was like, no, actually, uh, we didn't, like, you know, say three rosaries before we went to bed every night. Um, there were at least as many beer cans as there were yes. crucifixes in our home. There were. There were. <laughs> lots of both. Jerry and Betty were an example of love to Pat, Joe, and Catherine, and to their friends. People always felt loved and accepted by them, no matter where they came from or what religion they were. And it was always very evident in the way that they were loved to us and the people around them that... Um, God was important, and our faith, our Catholic faith, was important. And the Eucharist, it was important, and it was everything. Um, and it was mostly by action. And so, you know, Dad can say it wasn't them and it was us being who we are, but they made us who we were in, in every sense of the way. And we're very blessed for that. Yeah, I think, I think there's something to be said that, you know, for us as men— um, you know, our dad is, a, is the the role model for us, and we just saw him at every stage of the game saying yes to his vocation. He was faithful to his work, faithful to his wife, faithful to his kids, faithful to his role as a father, and it's it made it. I think it has made it that much easier for Joe and me to be able to be faithful to this call because of the example that our father has provided. Um, and so, I don't know, Dad, you, you are a holy man. You know, I, holiness doesn't have to look like, you know, floating 10 feet above the ground. Our, you know, our Lord was incarnate, <laughs> had, had, a, had a human body. So, I mean, you're, you're a holy man. While Jerry has served as a role model on how to live out your vocation faithfully, Joe and Pat have served as role models for each other while in seminary. They have different gifts and weaknesses, and because of their unique relationship as brothers, they know how to push each other. Here is Joe. Pat has this tremendous amount of trust and, and this zeal to do, and I, I have a tendency to think back and reflect um, and be scared, you know, to act. And so I think Pat is a wonderful role model for me because uh, he can get me out of my, my funk every once in a while. Just certainly a role model. 
in his contemplative, caring heart, in his reflective spiritual life. And I, you know, I think one of my favorite things to do with Joe, even though we're terrible at it, is pray out loud together. And I say terrible because we start laughing. We laugh. We can't get through Liturgy of the Hours together without just like giggling. Because it has these lines like, you know, uh, Lord, I am the apple of your eye. (laughs) And when we hear, and that's one of the lines. And whenever it's apple of our eye, Man, we bust out laughing. Bust out laughing. And, <laughs> and so I find myself like half praying, half apologizing to God that yeah. like we're sitting here like laughing uh-huh. in his prayer. But, yeah. but like when we're praying, I feel like it's when we bring, we're bringing both of our like personalities to the priesthood, you know, or like to, to this formation. And uh, I don't know. When I'm praying with Joe, I feel like, uh, I just feel like I, in, in awe of it. It's it's mm-hmm. because I know that Joe mm-hmm. is this deep man of prayer, this, this deep contemplation, and like when I get to sit here and kind of tap into that, you know, uh, it's it's really a, it's a neat experience for me, because I really feel connected to to that those deep waters that are in Joe, and uh, like I'm kind of you know siphoning off, <laughs> siphoning off a little bit. The seminary prized the seminarian open. It makes him deal with his flaws and accept his gifts. In return, he grows fully into the man God made him to be. Patrick and Joe grow closer each year because of their personal growth while in the seminary. It's been incredibly valuable to have a blood brother and a diocesan brother to lean on while in the seminary. Here's Joe. And so in growing as our own persons individually, I think that in in return helps us develop a closer relationship because we are healthier we know ourselves better, and uh, in doing that, we're able to to put ourselves out there uh, in a more intimate way. Yeah. You you have this few spiritual friendships where you're able to share your heart with them, but even in a friendship, you're not blood related. Mm. I mean, we have we come from the same DNA. I mean, we have the same blood and same parents. Same, same parents. So. So even if you want to say, I'm completely vulnerable to this friend or this friend, I don't think there is a level of vulnerability that you can reach in a relationship that you came with a brother. Joe can see me at my worst. I mean, at my worst. And I can just bleh, like <laughs> throw it at him. And he just takes it, and he knows where it's coming from. He knows it's not because of him. And is able to like absorb that and then just be goofy Joe back. And it's like somehow everything's all right again, you know? And uh, to have that in the seminary, you know, this is a stressful place sometimes. And to ha- so to have that in the seminary now with me, like on a daily basis, like where I, like even if I'm like tired and dr- like I don't want to be at morning prayer, there's Joe sitting there and it just makes me smile. Like hmm. I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a new font of energy, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, um, Gosh, it's an incredible support system. I think there are wonderful benefits to it. Yeah. And, uh, and Pat and I don't get jealous of each other. We don't. We we balance each other out so well that I think too with Pat, he can hear me out or he can push me if I need to be pushed. And uh, it doesn't come out of ill. It comes out of love, you know. Yeah. And um, gosh, I think it's a phenomenal thing. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thanks for listening to this conversation with the Friend family. Patrick was ordained a priest two years ago, and Joe will be ordained this year on August 15th. 
Jerry married Donna in 2016, and they saw their family grow overnight. Patrick, Joe, and Kat gained a brother, Michael, and a sister, Mary Shannon. They have three nieces and one nephew. They are all incredibly grateful to the Lord. This episode was edited and produced by Krista Hall, with the help of Brother Joel Blaze, Brother Colby Wolnikowski, Mary Jean Shoemaker, Jim Paquette, Tammy Sheeter, and Christian Mozek. The music for this podcast was written and produced by Brother Joel. Thanks to Jerry, Patrick, Catherine, and Joe Friend for talking with us for this episode. We have some friend family photos, as well as links to those two episodes of monks having conversations with their families at stminerid.edu echoes. If you are enjoying Echoes from the Bell Tower, tell your friends and subscribe to it on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite listening platform. Stay tuned. We're still working on one more episode for this season about the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for listening. We were sitting around the table, and Mom comes in. She goes, now, kids, y'all got to be careful if you go outside because a gorilla escaped from the zoo. And it's snatching up kids and taking away. It's probably a pretty morbid joke, but... (laughs) Anyway, so we're sitting there, and, and in our kitchen, there was this one wall of, like, windows and doors and everything, and, and we all of a sudden see this gorilla come around the corner and just start banging on our window, and, uh, and I mean, he's banging hard, and we're like, ah, I mean, just, like, absolutely losing our minds, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, the monkey, the gorilla started itching itself, like, real bad, and, and like, ripping grabbing its, at its throat. Ripping off its fur. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then eventually, it, it jerked off the mask, and little, uh, little do we know, it was our father in this gorilla suit, who was, aller- like, extremely allergic to latex, <laughs> And so, and he knew it, and he knew there was latex in the suit, but he was like, for my kids, I'm going to do this so that they have this memory, so... Yeah.